0: What are your hopes and dreams? What is it that you most long for? We might say different things on the surface level, but deep down, I think it's safe to say that that we all want the same thing. We want to know that our lives have purpose, that they have value and meaning. We want to know that what we're doing has some sort of value that we're not just going through life without anything to offer. We want to know that there's something more. And we might try and find that in different ways on the surface level. We might do it by looking for purpose and value in our work or maybe in our families. Perhaps it's by having a good reputation or gaining power in our community or in our town. We all want to know that there's something more, that that our lives have substance and value. And the way we do this is is we tend to buy into some cultural story, some narrative of what the good life looks like. Maybe it's something like the American dream. We seek after life and liberty and, and we pursue happiness. We think that that'll give our lives purpose and value. And in today's culture, if you can't find it that way, then or in the things that you're doing, our culture tells us to create your own meaning, find your own value, make sure that that whatever you do, you can decide whether or not it's worthwhile. But if you've ever tried that, you know that it comes up pretty empty pretty quickly. So where can we find true value? Where can we find something deeper? In today's gospel lesson, Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, for you and for me. Why? So that we might have life and have it abundantly, that we might have this full and good life. But the reality is, is that so often we settle for so much less than a full life, than an abundant life. Instead, we buy into other cultural stories or narratives that that sometimes compete with and often oppose the gospel dream, the gospel story of what the good life looks like. And so we start to seek the good life by, by pursuing things that we think will give us a full life, by having more possessions, by having the right experiences. But if you look at celebrities and those who are rich and famous, they often seem to live a pretty empty life. They don't really seem all that happy. Or or maybe you're looking for that life of freedom by gaining security. You want to have the bigger military or or have more guns. Maybe you're you're looking for the bigger house in the safer neighborhood or in the gated community. But all of that safety and security, that freedom that that gives you can be taken in an instant. A natural disaster strikes. Or the diagnosis comes from the doctor. Or the boss walks in and says, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to lay you off. And instead of feeling free and like you have liberty, you suddenly feel trapped and insecure, weak and vulnerable, like there's no way out. Or maybe, maybe you're seeking that pleasurable life, that, that life of happiness by having the finer things and by getting rid of, of all those people who drag you down. You're cutting off those negative relationships because people are just inconvenient and annoying if we're honest. Some days they they just bother us. And so you start to try and push them away, but you don't feel any happier or more content. Instead, you feel empty. Your life just doesn't feel all that full despite seeking after that picture. The truth is that we often settle for a life of survival, security, and comfort rather than the cross and the suffering love of Jesus Christ. We give in to some sort of story like the American dream instead of living according to the gospel dream. We give in to the desires of the Disney picture, of having all of your dreams satisfied and fulfilled instead of realizing that a full life only comes when you follow God and put his will, his words first. The truth is that abundant picture, that gospel dream of what a good, purposeful, meaningful life looks like isn't often what we expect. So what does the gospel life look like? What does the gospel dream look like? Well, we should look at Jesus Christ and his life. After all, he lived the fullest life in human history. So we should follow his example. So what picture does the gospel paint of the gospel dream of that good life that God has in store for us? I'm not sure it's what you might expect. You see, instead of being a life of, a li- life pursuing life, liberty, and happiness, it looks like the radical call of taking up your cross, denying yourself, and following Jesus. Jesus has said in the gospels, Those who seek to save their lives here and now will lose their life. But those who are willing to lose their life for his sake will find life and find it abundantly. See, when you follow Jesus wholeheartedly, you find that fullness, that life of meaning and purpose. When you lay your crown down at his feet, everything changes. It doesn't mean that you'll live a life free of disappointment. In fact, you will be disappointed. All of us will. But when we lay our lives down at Jesus' feet, it's it's in those moments of disappointment that we see whether or not we're really following, where our intentions truly lie. Because disappointment reveals what's in our heart. We'll see whether or not we were doing things for our own glory or for God's glory. See, to follow Jesus is to say that it isn't about me it's about him. Following Jesus means to deny yourself. Take up your cross to die to yourself, to shed all of your selfish ambitions, to die to your grand desires and say, not my will, but thy will be done in my life and in this place, even when it hurts, even when it's not what I want. You see, sometimes following Jesus is the hardest thing we have to do. God doesn't promise it's going to be an easy life, but it will be a fulfilling and purposeful life. See, we see how Jesus walked this path when we look at his life. Because when he walked into that garden of Gethsemane on the night when he was betrayed, he bowed down and he prayed to God, if it's possible, take this cup from me. I don't want to go the way of the cross. And yet not my will, but thy will be done and he laid his life down, he died. Not because it was what he wanted to do, but because it was what was demanded of him, because of the joy set before him to give us freedom. He laid down his life for you and for me. See, the gospel dream starts by recognizing God's love and following Jesus, putting his will first, putting his word first in our life, even when it's inconvenient second part of the gospel dream is freedom and liberty that that is found in the gospel dream but i don't think it's the kind of freedom and liberty we like to talk about as americans it doesn't mean the same thing you see the kind of freedom we have is this freedom from trying to earn our salvation trying to prove we're good enough and we're worthy before god you see we're not our own you and i we were bought with a price the life of Jesus Christ. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to God. As Paul says in Romans, you are either a slave to sin or you are a slave to righteousness. You are either a slave to your sinful, broken, selfish desires, your own selfish ambitions and what you want to do or you are a servant of the true king. The freedom we have in the gospel is not a freedom for a life of sin, for a life of, of giving in to whatever we want. Rather, it is a freedom for others. See, we're freed from having to do things to try and prove our own worth. Rather, we're freed to serve others regardless of how it looks, regardless of what other people might think of us because we already know that we are loved and approved of in God. See, so we see how Jesus did this? You see, he was the only person truly free who was never a slave to sin as we are. And yet, despite that freedom, He chose willingly to be bound, to be beaten, to be nailed to a cross, to be crucified, to die, to give up that freedom for you and me. See, he bought our freedom, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood shed on the cross. He willingly gave up his freedom so that we might be freed from the sin that entangles us and traps us and holds us down. See, the freedom we have in Christ is a freedom to let all of those weights off of our shoulders. It's not up to you to prove that you're good enough anymore. You don't have to prove and live up to some standard for your family or your friends or your boss to prove that your life has value and meaning. You don't have to live up to some standard for God, for him to love you. What we know from the gospel is that God loves us right where we are. He loves you despite your past. Wherever you find yourself right now, God loves you and claims you. But if that's true, if we are loved where we are with this radical love despite our unworthiness because of what Christ has done, it transforms us, it changes who we are. We cannot live the same way. We use this freedom now to bind ourselves to God's will, to follow his word and where he would lead us. The first part of the gospel dream is, is to follow Jesus and the second part is to know that because we are loved by God, because we don't have to prove ourselves anymore, we have this freedom to serve others because God loves others and so we want to do his will out in the world. Perhaps though, the most challenging part of the gospel dream to us is a challenge to our expectation of happiness. See, we all like to think that if we follow God's will, if we're praying daily, if we're in God's word, if we're trying to do the right things, that God is going to bless us with a pleasurable, happy, easy life. But that is not what God promises. That is not what God says is bound for us in the scriptures. See, he he in fact says that, that just as Jesus suffered, just as Jesus was reviled, so too you and I should expect suffering and to be hated for following Christ. God doesn't tell us that he's going to give us a life of happiness and in pursuit of pleasure. In fact, he tells us repeatedly in scripture, specifically in Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, that the people who seek after a life of happiness and pleasure and make that all that they're about are bound for self-destruction. It destroys us because it makes us so focused on ourselves that we lose sight of God and of everyone else. Rather, God promises that his purpose is in our lives, is not to to give us happiness and pleasure, but to connect us to the enduring, never-failing joy of his promise of salvation. See, he promises us that when we're in his name, when we serve him, when we go out bearing his name, that our lives have purpose, that our work has purpose, that we go out knowing that wherever you are, you are loved, You see, if you're not in the situation you want, if you're in a difficult place right now, that isn't God's indictment of your life. See, we don't believe in karma. Rather, we believe that God has placed you where you are because he has something important to do through you there. God has placed you where you are with intention. God has placed you in that very place with purpose. He has you there for a reason. God doesn't just allow bad things to happen. He uses those for his purpose. See, when we look at Jesus' life, we see how he was sent from the Father in love, but for a purpose. And what was that purpose? It wasn't pleasure or happiness. It was to endure the cross for you and me, to give us freedom, to claim us as his own children. I can 100% guarantee you right now that the cross was not a happy place for Jesus. There was joy in that place. That is to be true. But there was no happiness in that pain, in that anguish, in that suffering. That was not a pleasant place to go. And as God's people, as we go out and walk in our daily lives, we should expect that sometimes the road is going to be difficult. And in light of that, we need to hear words like those in Hebrews chapter 12. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus was focused on the joy set before him, on the promise God had given him that he would not abandon him, and on what God was doing through him for you and me. And as God's followers who have been claimed by God, who know that we are loved, we go out and we don't set our focus on seeking our own pleasure, on our own happiness, on the things that we want to do. Rather, we go out with a steadfast focus on God's promise of love and salvation set before us. And we go out knowing that God has sent us out with purpose. He sent us into our communities, into our neighborhoods, into our families with meaningful work to do, with love to share and spread. To God's purpose for the callings in our life is not to make our hopes and our dreams come true. That's Disney's goal. God's purpose for our vocations, for our callings, is to serve others. Listen again to the words, or listen to the words of Galatians 5:13. "For you were called into freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. See, we use our lives, our gifts, our time, our talents, for God's purposes. To serve those around us who, who desperately need what we have to offer. They desperately need the word of encouragement. They definitely need, they desperately need that the love that we have or maybe the financial help we can give. But they also desperately need to hear the gospel truth that we know. And that's certainly true for those outside of the church, but that's also true for your brothers and sisters in Christ here in these pews sitting next to you. We need to hear the gospel truth of what Christ has done and what it means for our lives each and every day. I desperately need to hear that I am loved by God every day, that I am forgiven by God every day, that God has a purpose for your life and for my life every day. I need to hear that gospel truth that despite what the world throws at us, that God has purpose for where we are. See, just like Jesus and the prophets, the disciples and apostles, and for all the saints who have come before us. We will face pain and suffering and disappointment in our lives. And some days, those, those, day, those hard days on the job when nothing seems to be going right, those hard days or weeks in life can make us want to quit our career and go to another job or seek another place to find meaning and value, but they're all empty. See, the disappointments, the hard times in our lives that we face, they're the reason that we're there. See, we're there to speak God's truth, to see how God is moving in the brokenness around us. We're called to share the gospel in those places. See, I believe that God has sent each and every one of us to at least one person. And God is going to use your time, your talents, your treasures, your, your gifts, your past, and your experience. He sends you out with care. See, no matter where you find yourselves, no matter what job or vocation you're in, know that God has a purpose for you being there. That God has you there for a reason. You matter. You are vital. You are essential to God's plan. You have some story, some experience, some wisdom, some kind words that somebody else needs to to hear. You have a relationship with someone that that no one else has where you have the opportunity to speak God's truth. I believe that each and every one of us is God's plan A for at least one person of connecting him to his truth, his gospel, to his son. See, you are vital. You are vital to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, your, your community, your workplace. And to this congregation, you are necessary and you are needed. So while the gospel dream may not always look as flashy as the American dream, and may not always seem as pleasurable as the Disney dream, the gospel dream does give you greater purpose, meaning, and infinitely greater value to your life. Because God loves you. And God has a purpose for where he has placed you. See, I, I like to use two words that, that summarize how I see the gospel. The first is this. You are loved. Loved. You are loved by God more than you know. His grace runs deeper than you could ever imagine. But just as we said a few weeks ago, just as the Father sent the Son, so too now we are sent. You are sent You are sent by God with greater purpose than you could possibly believe into your schools, into your workplaces. So I pray that as you leave this place that you would know that you are loved by God but that also you are sent by him in his power to continue his kingdom work in the places you live and dwell. Amen. If you take out the sermon notes, On the back, there are some spiritual practices for you to help put this into play this week. The scripture focus, which are the passages on the other side, are all about the purpose of our lives being found in serving God by loving others and blessing others. God has sent us for a purpose. Second, I want you to meditate this week. What are the parts of your life where you're unhappy? And how might God be using you in that situation to bless someone else and further his kingdom? You know, it's easy to get disappointed and frustrated with where we find ourselves but try and seek where God might be looking to use you to bless somebody else. And this week, I want you to act then on that. Look for an opportunity to bless someone around you. And this could be something as simple as sharing an encouraging word, offering a little assistance, or even allowing someone to help you. Sometimes people need to have purpose in their life, and that's letting them serve us. So how can you show God's love in some small way to someone around you? Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we don't have to find meaning and purpose in our life or create it for ourselves, but that we know that through your Son, we have an identity, we have a purpose, that we have been sent as representatives of your kingdom to bless others, use our freedom that we have in the gospel to cause us to share the good news of what you have done, to bless others, to love others. And to know that we are both loved and sent in Jesus' name and in his power. Amen.